Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 285, I think? Yes, it says 285. Yep, I, 285. I, I made sure the numbers were cool, correct. Yeah. Lucifer made sure that they were correct. I was so distracted by your kitty helping me with the notes that yes, it was very helpful. things happen. Anyway. Also, Jan is here. Hi, Jana. Hi. It has been a minute since... The I mean, museum's I know released me. For today or for, permanently? For, for today. Okay, oh, God, God, no. I'd be much more distraught if it was permanent. I was. Well, I had no. to ask the question to follow up, so I'm glad um, it's temporary. My, my supervisor gave a two-weeks notice. Oh. Not my direct supervisor, but... Um, yeah, so that's... We're now uh, one supervisor short for the month of May, which is our busiest month that's between a, school season and wedding season so that sounds great <laughs> it's great we're doing Just, great everything's our fine. union contract um <clears throat> what uh was uh ratified and went into action on may 1st so it was a very happy may day for us but we found out um that <laughs> um it's already been broken by one of the sites great Mm-hmm. May as well have a contract if it's just going to get yep. completely ignored. And yep. So at least this we have it. This is why it. you have a union. Yeah. Ah. Because yeah. it was like our site. Because now instead of just quitting, you can you, you can strike. Good. Yeah. Yep. So good. We, we get to go reinforce and be super spies and be like, hey, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Cause the answer is no. The answer is always no. Yeah, but it gives us more to talk about because our our museum's actually very uh, focused on the union history of uh, Minnesota because the unfortunate uh, Citizens Alliance was started by our mill owner. So, Citizens Alliance was a anti union union. Mm-hmm. Was it called Citizens Alliance or Unfortunate Citizens Alliance? Citizens Alliance. Oh, yeah. Unfortunate However, Citizens un- Alliance. That needs to be a punk band. No, but Sounds also so also Unfortunate Citizens Alliance is totally. Like something that a nineteenth century anti union union would be called. It yep. sounds like yeah. something that would have printing an press literature. Of, yeah, an alliance pamphlet. of unfortunate yep. citizens. So yes. we get to we even pores. have a tour set up about union history. So it's really exciting to be able to talk about that history while and apply being it in a to union. present day yeah. issues happening at the actual venue. Exactly. It's, <laughs> What what's the importance of a union? Well, you see, sometimes if you're an employer in a modern day context, we'll use the mill for an example. Well, we'll for an example, <laughs> an employer may not allow you to check emails while you are on the clock, though those emails are required for you to work and will take several hours of your time to check in your own spare time. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to get paid for it, and you need to do it before you can go to work. That's like an employer trying to tell you that you. And have that's why like, out for a restroom break. Yes, it's just like that. Nope, that's not how it's or, supposed to be. Um, that's getting a fifteen-minute break and your lunch taken away when you work eight hours. Mm-hmm. Two fifteens. Mm-hmm. When they try to make you punch out for those too. Yeah. Anyway, we won't get into that necessarily, but oh, well, we have we have <coughs> successfully gotten into <laughs> well, it. Well, we're a pro-union podcast. Patreon.com/slash/carbitrage <laughs> on the super custom-crafted website. You'll find three open-ended levels of monetary support for content consumers like you to support content producers like us starting at just a buck a month patreon.com forward slash carbitrage you know starting at episode 286 we'll just talk about the ira and then oh god <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're breaking up going through a tunnel um i have a root beer that i'm finishing and Very then good. i'll start drinking the hams i have a i have a core core light i have a hams hammy i think that i gotta get more from the other unit i think you that's do. the last one in here sorry we still have the old styles that you brought but Good. I'll have an old style for next episode. Very, very fine. Okay. All right. So getting right into topics, because why not? I want to pivot. So our entire 
Patreon backstory essentially starts with Scott, our yeah. oldest patron, who has lemoned out, well, I think only one so far, but will be two yeah. before probably the end of next year, EVs. Yes. Mm-hmm. New cars, first model year stuff. There were a lot of recalls, even on combustion vehicles, but like you add Volkswagen into the equation and you add electrification into the yeah. equation, and it seems like recalls just continue to happen like crazy. But I want to go back to our whipping boy of an EV company, which is Tesla. The worst company. It is the worst company. And boy, howdy. They have models now that are, I want to say the Model Y. Why isn't that working? <laughs> Why isn't that working? Why? Model Y's probably been in production for four or five years now, would you say? No. Sorry, I'm trying I, to actually get my cursor over here. I, the I'm going broken. to buy you a mouse at next time I'm at Free Geek. And you can have a mouse. I don't have any more USB ports, so that's not going to work. I'll get you a mouse-keyboard combo. Okay. Uh, anyway. Well, you know those keyboards that have a mouse that connects to a USB port in the keyboard? Yeah, that, but that trackpad doesn't oh. work ever. Yeah, I, just, I get to watch them struggle all the time. It's awful. Normally, the Stream Deck works really well, but that thing has completely fucked off. So uh-huh. Anyway, oh. this model, which has been in production for years, all of the problems should have been ironed out by now. Yeah. Not what, even close. New? It's not what's new right now. It's how these were voted in a recent survey. <laughs> yes. They are projected to have over 100 more recalls. No. In the next 10 years. That's bad. They were voted number one, and Tesla as a company was voted number one most likely to have the highest number of recalls That's of really any bad. auto manufacturer in the United States. So, can, can I move my, my webcam? Oh. Yes. Oh, no, it's it's fine now. It's just in that other view. It was weird. Yeah. Because oh. I'm just in the very small corner. Well, at least Jan is on You're in a small camera. corner, right? Mm. Anyway, 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 carry on. So, carry on. combining the current, past, and future projected recalls, the Model Y specifically will have 60 recalls before it exits its life cycle. That sounds... And also, it's Tesla. I quickly see Tesla running out of money. Uh, to design new cars and having like a Mitsubishi thing where they make a vehicle for like 20 years longer than they expect to. So yeah, I imagine this will just have a thousand recalls. Well, they're not selling any cars now because nobody's buying anything because yeah. we're in a recession. Also, they don't get the tax they credit said, like a lot of others. They haven't said it's a recession yet. Don't tell them. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh. You have to wait for Kai Rizdal to call it a recession and then you can call it a recession. If you call it a recession before, then it might get worse because people get scared. So you can't say it's a recession. It is a... Economic, oh, what did he call? Ajita. I'm sorry. I got to ask, what the hell is that? Ajita? Yeah. While you look that up, I will say, in addition to the Model Y recalls, I just got another recall notice from my seven-year-old Model S for something that's already been fixed before, too. I like the like funky Jeopardy music. It's, uh, it's <laughs> the meaning the of Wii. Ajita <laughs> is a feeling of agitation or anxiety. Ah, economic anxiety. Economic Weird, because when people have economic anxiety and they don't spend money, typically... It leads to, but you can't say that until it happens. Ah. It might get worse. Ghost. It might well, get worse. I'll try it, not hamburger to use time. the hard... We call it hamburger time. It's economic hamburger time. I will try to refrain from using the hard R. Yes, hamburger mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, economic hamburger time. A spree session. It is a hamburger time. Hamburger time. Yep. That is from the episode of Metalocalypse where 
they were afraid that they were going to die and they were all getting scared of their own mortality. So they requested that their manager call death hamburger time to make them feel better when mm-hmm. referencing that they I might mean, die. And so he calls it hamburger time. Were they trying to like figure out their financials? Yeah. Okay. Remember Bing, bang, boom, hamburger time. Metalocalypse was a pretty good show, but the subject matter when they weren't just talking was so. It was about heavy metal. I, I know, liked which it. I don't like. Yeah, but I do. But like all of the dialogue was so on it, point. It was a in great show. show. Like yeah, I just need show. somebody to like edit out and just put like EDM in the uh, background. So yeah, of you would shows. like no. Adventure Time. and yeah. you yeah. need to watch it. Adventure Time is very it's similar. A, it's a goofier. Uh, it's on my calendar to download it now, so I anyway. will do it. I'm also really not looking forward to not having a working stream. So, you know who like, is the gas engine equivalent of Tesla for just general ooh. unreliability? Is it any German manufacturer that makes no. a 2.0T? No, but they are like... Because Germans, you expect to have problems because Volkswagen exists. But, like, you know, just a company that has like an unduly positive reputation... A bunch of fanboys that will buy their garbage no matter what like they do. To drive this car? Oh god, it's a Subaru, and, isn't yeah, it? Yes, Subaru. Ah. I'm going to talk about my bad Subaru. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure if you know, but objectively, <laughs> the worst car is the Thanks. 1986 Subaru GL10. Um, you know, turbo. I've heard. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, I've heard With stories. Doesn't GL10 mean turbo or no? No, the, the, no. the GL well, is the loyal and the GL10. Well, the GL, uh, honey. Um, the GL. There's actually a big difference. The GL is the normal, like, mid-trim level. Okay. Uh, and then the DL, which is a lower trim level. Ooh. And the GL10 was the high-spec version of the high trim level. So, so the GL10 was the performance version. That was the, uh, that, that was the EA-era equivalent of a WRX. But you could get it without a turbo? No. Oh. It was only turbo. Okay. So the GL10 was the turbo model. Right. So I have a turbocharged... 1986 Subaru. I've even so seen you, it move once. Yeah, so if you like think a EJ is bad, no, EJ is fucking great by comparison. Compared to it is the only vehicle in the world where people literally go find 2001 Foresters with 90,000 miles, put the engine in for improved reliability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when, when it, an EJ25D is a much more reliable engine, yeah, vastly, you, you yeah. have it broke down really on the way to my grandma's problems. funeral. But anyway, so um, yeah. I put a new engine into it because somebody looked at that engine and said, I'm going to put that into an airplane. Yeah. And then their wife divorced them and he had to sell it. Um, so I have an airplane-prepared GL10 engine. Mm-hmm. I do not want to be anywhere near an aircraft Mm-mm. that has a Subaru engine. This is a common thing. That is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people put this engine into airplanes. I a don't lot know. of un- involuntary gliders, okay? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's horrifying. How would those ever get FAA certification? I actually said to the guy, I said, there's so many engines in the world. Why did you choose this one? That is, yeah, I can't, I can, I cannot think. And he said, he said like something along the lines. Maybe a 2.0 TSI, but. No, I would take a 2.0 TSI over this. Because this only makes like 100 horsepower. Yeah. So like you're going to be like at stall speed unless you have the world's smoothest buttery cock shaped airplane you've ever seen in your life. Like, at least a 2.0T, you can get out of stall speed before it breaks down. Okay. This one, you're just, it breaks down, you're five miles an hour within So what stall. you're saying is, since every airport, for some reason, has a ton of trees and forests right after the end of a runway. Yes. 
the 2.0 TSI will get you maybe past those trees. Yeah, where the Subaru Engine one will no, just it, shove you into the trees. I, you remember when we were at in that uh, airplane thing and uh, Brainerd, and there's that guy with a home built airplane, and he caught a headwind and he just stood there. I do. That's literally the kind of airplane that people put these engines into. So anyway, um, like, like ultralight. Yeah. I refused to get out of the car to meet this guy because I was like, that's a madman. Yeah, no, that's not any... It's not a healthy person. Yeah, this isn't a healthy... His wife divorced him, that's why. Um, but anyway, so I have a Subaru GL10 engine, specifically a Subaru GL10 engine that is going into the most cursed of all GL10 models because every single year was different with their wiring harnesses because this is the era when they were like changing emission stuff. Um, and then on top of that... This was a automatic car With and a, a digital right? dashboard car. Now Does nobody that also change the wiring harness. Yes, good. Both of those do. Good, good. And so good. the um, good the GL10 nobody bought, and then nobody opted to put the automatic in because it was more expensive. <laughs> and then really, all those automatic buyers, even fewer of them, opted for the digital dashboard. So there's a lot of parts. What, yeah, there's so many, 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 many parts readily available everywhere. It's just like a small block Chevy. Um, and so, also one year only, mind you. Oh, great! Great. This is yes. like a this is like a six series, but made by Subaru. This is a six series, but you need to describe to somebody what a six series is and who made it. Oh mm-hmm. no! Like imagine like if a, imagine like, if a Zuzu made a six series, but poorly. Oh That's, my god! A the, knockdown E twenty four made by a Suzu. It, like it's a Suzu would actually make it better, but yeah. like it, one of those things where you have to explain to them. Like, all right, so they did make cars. Like when I say I have a nineteen eighty six Subaru GL ten, they go yeah. a what? I have to go. Um, it was like the predecessor to the Impreza, and they go, oh, I thought they just came here with the Impreza. I'm like, no, no, they. They were here for a long time. No, they came here in the 50s. They've been around since the 50s, and they like made these like weird boxer cars beforehand in the 60s and <laughs> 70s and 80s. Subaru 360 them. has more notoriety than your GL10. Mm. Yeah. It's a problem. So the the problem is fine. Like, just, I, when you have to describe the car to somebody before you can get a part for it, yeah. that's how you know it's a red flag. Anyway, so I have this awful vehicle. I found somebody in the Pacific Northwest who had a 1986 Subaru GL10 Digi-Dash automatic wagon that he was parting out. Mm-hmm. And mine has a corroded engine wiring harness, which is very bad. Uh, sorry, I'm still yeah. jaw-dropped at the fact you found was one of these. Even cars. the same color. It was the, I thought they're one VIN apart. I, I think I honestly think I thought the guy had stolen my car. Like, I'm like, what? <laughs> You're like, oh, I should call if Lily it, to make sure the If it wasn't, if it wasn't the for the the, <clears throat> if it wasn't for like the modifications on my car, like they were yeah. that close in spec. Jeez. And so, like, wonder why it's being parted out. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, I got the wiring harness for it, which okay. mine is corroded and all green. And it, it, like, so the That's engine good. the engine turns over. I get spark. I have fuel. I have compression. Doesn't start. Uh, um, but those are. This is how I checked. This is how I checked all these things. So I pulled the hose off the fuel uh, injector. Yeah. I had Miguel hold it. I still have it at the house. Miguel. Okay. I say, tell me if you get sprayed in the face with gas. Turn the car over. Wet face. Miguel goes, yep, got sprayed in the face with gas. This works. So you had the hose off, or you had the injector off? I had the hose off of the injector. 
What? So the and then and then and then I go okay. Well, then it's the injectors. So I, they're brand new injectors. They're sure. three hundred ZX injectors because they make make it run a little bit more rich and make it more reliable. Fun fact: mm-hmm. If you ever need a fuel injector for a nineteen eighty six Subaru, um, <laughs> turbo, turbo. Multi-point point fuel injection, not throttle body injection. Because you could get carbureted throttle body and multi-point fuel injection. Those must be low-impedance injectors, too. Yeah, they're the exact same injector as a, um, as a, as a C31, yeah. except they are lower flow rate. So if you put in the exact same Z31 injector, it makes it run a little bit more rich. Yeah. And it actually lowers the, uh, the exhaust gas temperature mm-hmm. and makes the engine a lot more reliable. Like, oh, a signif- lot less unreliable. It makes it like a lot of the problems with like cracking cylinder heads, which they do at all times. They are just cracked. Um, It's from the super hot exhaust temperature. So if you just put in more gas, it cools it down. Anyway, so I know the injectors are good. In fact, I double checked them because I took the injector, I took a positive lead from my battery and plugged it into the positive side of the injector. Goes, I'm like, okay, cool. Injector did. Open and close. I heard it click. It should always have positive voltage. Well, you know, positive, positive, and no. I just pulled it off to just bench test it. Oh, sure. Okay, that's the same. I just bench tested it. Gotcha. It did, in fact, open and close. So this is correct. I've narrowed it down to the train is coming. There is a train coming. Did you? There's a train. Yay! Train time. It's probably the wrong way, though. No, it's going out. Yeah. Yeah. Yay, train time! Earlier today, one train went the time, other way. Oh, it's only time. one locomotive? Wow! Sports train. Two locomotives. Oh, it's a double sports train! That thing, you probably go fast. He's, probably, he's just doing that recreationally. Yeah. I, I, you know, I want that to be my life. Recreationally driving locomotives. That sounds very fun. But anyway, oh so... Oh, God. There's going to be train days at the James J. Jill house. James J. Hill house. That yes. sounds really good. I like all of those things yeah. you just said. You should tell us more about that offer. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I definitely, like, injectors are for sure good. Everything except for the wiring So the harness ECU is, is not firing through the Yeah, and, the and so, God, I hope it's not the ECU. No, it's not the no, ECU. The because, yes, as I said, I know it's not the ECU because the, um, the instrument panel, uh, everything works on it as it should. And when the instrument panels go out, it's usually the ECU that goes out that kills the instrument panel. And so if there was a problem with the ECU, the first thing it does is it actually breaks your tachometer. Do you have <laughs> yes. a do you have a test know. light? I mean, you could try hooking the ground side of that up to the, the trigger wire on your actual injector plug. So this is the thing. Yeah. I pulled the sheathing back on the injectors. Yeah. They were all the wires, all the copper wires. They're absolutely the greenest thing I've ever seen in my Great. life. Great. That's, that's what you want. So that's really good for Now I know what the problem is. <clears throat> ah. It needed a wiring harness. And the harness you're getting is okay, presumably? Because it's from the Pacific Northwest. And so no salt. It's Great. No salt, no nothing bad. Everything's been nice and supple. So I'm so excited. I actually asked him, I'm like, how supple is your wiring harness? He says, it's supple. <laughs> so and he actually pulled it out. He showed it to me, and I have a photo of the wiring harness. So he pulled out his supple harness and sent you a photo of it? He sent me a photo of his supple harness. Yes, let me show you the photo of the supple harness. I'm very excited. The guy's name is David. He's a very nice man. Um, I'm he's been... so excited to look at David's supple harness. This is David's supple harness. Damn, that looks really good. That's a big harness. It's insane. It's huge. This is only half of it. He goes, which half would you like? I said, I'll take the engine side half because there's another half that's behind the dashboard that I'm, if that ends up being a problem, 
I will. I'm not taking the dashboard out of this. I, there will be two GL10 part outs in the country at that. If point. that happens, this is getting a different engine. Yes, I, I, I'm not parting this one out because I'm upside down on it. I don't like me upside down on my cars, and if I'm upside down, I own it. Um, so with this GL10, if this wiring harness does not fix the engine, the engine is going into some guy's ultralight and he's gonna fucking kill himself with it. I don't care. Not my problem. <laughs> um. And then I'm going to either put it in a rotary or some sort of V8 or something. Just a not Subaru engine. Something that operates? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's to be a not Subaru engine. Very good. So we, that- we did threaten to kidnap Darren and make him figure out the current wiring Darren harness. said he would do it gladly because he just likes doing that. Cause yeah, but a- I said that I would kidnap him. And he was like, oh, it'll be, it's it'd just fun. be fun. He's like, that would also work, I suppose. Yeah. Got it. Because um, I assume is it a kidnapping if it's to... voluntary? Like, <laughs> I just not read assumed... into semantics. Okay, we're gonna kidnap you. Yeah, I, I just assumed that's what I would have to do to get anybody to even go near this car. Correct. Um, but he was like, "No, this seems fun." But now there's a new one. So, so yeah, now now that I've got a wiring harness, I've found um, that made me feel like I'm like cool. I can actually make, do something with the Subaru. It's gonna be fun. And so I'm like, that also drives me to get the Cressida. Do the one thing the Crested needs to make it drive. So I put the jack, the Crested up on jack stands. Very good. So that I is can, one step. Getting that momentum going is I can relate to yep. how difficult that no, is. No, the only reason I haven't done anything more on is I had to give my lawnmower a tune-up, and that was my, my like my evening yesterday was tuning up the lawnmower as that, opposed to... Nice. Yeah, I had, to pull, I had to get old gas out of it, and I cleaned off the spark plug. I checked the oil. The oil's wet. It's, it's, it's fine. It's got oil in it. Yeah. It's like oil. those old start videos of like diesels that have been sitting in fields for 40 years. Yeah. And I was like, got oil. Yep. Let's basically. Go start it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I checked the oil. I'm like, huh, that <clears throat> looks a little gassy. I smell it. And I go, that smells like two stroke oil. All right. I'll hold a lighter up to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. it's, it's fine. Um, Mine has 10W60 TWS in it because when I bought the mower, that's the only engine oil I had in my garage. Perfect. That's good. It's prob- right. probably fine. Mine will probably have Valvoline. Whatever you have. Or whatever yeah, is correct. on hand. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it, the uh, Crest will be getting going to, soon. So I actually have project cars that I'm working on again. And they're all things I don't need to buy things for because I just needed my time. And I now have it. I feel that so hard because I have, I think, at least three cars that all the parts that need for the one thing that's wrong yeah. with them, they're all here. Yeah, like literally the only thing the Crested it quote unquote needs is I need to get some valve cover gaskets because I repainted the valve covers. That's all. That, what, it has multiple valve cover gaskets? Yeah, there's one for each camshaft. Oh, so it's like a Jag. It's just like a Jag, yes. Ooh, Very cool. I didn't know they had individual cam covers. There you go. Now you know. Okay. Anyway. So you're familiar with the Kia boys, correct? Yes. Oh, yeah. All right. And uh, in fact, I know you are because we talked about auto insurance and why the Mirage was a better choice for Johnny than a Fiat 500 because they're cheaper to insure. Yes. So I'm going to go back and use that as a flimsy excuse to talk about Hyundai Kia acknowledging that insuring their cars is becoming a huge issue. Yeah. Yeah. My coworker couldn't insure their car because uh, they just moved from Florida, and they, when they finally retitled it to Minnesota, their mm-hmm. insurance dropped them. I believe that. Yep. Get this, though. Hyundai Kia has partnered with AAA to insure those cars via the manufacturer, but the best part of this entire story is they're still not giving people the fix for the immobilizer, which they've developed, but they make people pay for. 
What? So that's a lawsuit waiting to happen with an insurance company acknowledging tacitly that there is a huge problem and nobody can insure these cars, or if they can, it costs way too much. But they also, at the same time, won't give people the fix to stop the issue of people being able to steal their cars with no effort. This absolutely smells like a lawsuit. Fuck on, dude. They're terrible. This is the worst company. I made my... I I didn't make, but I strongly suggested my sister sold her Kia when she moved to St. Paul and she agreed. Okay. And she did. But she got a HRV, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's... Just don't get hit. At least it doesn't get stolen, though. Correct. Yeah, and now she lives in Bloomington, so... And also, the HRV was totally fine when they made it. The crash test standards were... At 30 miles an hour, not 45. And with a Mirage-sized vehicle, and not a, not an HRV-sized vehicle. But Just people, make sure if you're going to get T-boned, it's to be by a small car at low speed. Yes. But I told her to do <laughs> Big that. Big brain. And yeah. then... It's so simple. I've been doing it wrong all these years. I've been getting hit by big shit way too high up. And that yeah, was well, like just on the... can't do that. <laughs> we, I, I told her to do this right on the precipice. Like there had only been like one or two TikToks, right, that had made, made the rounds of the Kia boys. I was like, get out of it now. Yep. And she did. And then like... Two and a half years later, when it's a big, big problem, mm-hmm. um, we were downtown one night at the Nicolet Diner, and we were taking the route I take home all the time, and we drive past um, a, a Sorrento, a Sorrento, Sorrento yeah. with the alarm going off, and we're like, oh, somebody at the hotel obviously got locked out of their rental, no big deal. Um, it all of a sudden like did a- Cuts us off, goes to the middle of the road- does a donut, starts driving at us in oncoming traffic, swerves out of the way at the 11th hour. <laughs> like, yeah. And then I pick up the phone and call 911 because I was like, oh, that's... To be honest, that could be the owner of the Sorrento driving. No. <laughs> it wasn't. Okay, all right. I'm telling you for a fact, it was a Kia boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so... I'm surprised. And then, we're, and the, the and then we get... Then we get... Oh, no, it's all Kias, including Stingers. Yeah. Ooh, very good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to borrow a Stinger. No, yeah, you can. They're free. <laughs> Because you know they senior. haven't paid to fix the problem. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the uh, we like go a couple blocks over, and we're like getting on Sixth Street, and then that Sorrento is again driving like seventy miles an hour, wrong way down traffic. Very good. Like swerving between all the lanes at seventy in downtown Minneapolis. Good. Yeah, like more than highway speed. Anyway, so that's what happens with those vehicles. I was independently seconds. driving and. Uh, downtown about a month later ah. saw another sorrento interesting and then i go into starbucks i get out of starbucks and then i see that sorrento drive the wrong way down traffic going 70 miles an hour i go huh they're at it again the the dude lives downtown no longer needs a car payment no there's always a kia nearby exactly you can just have that one if your car ever gets repoed find your neighbor's hyundai mm-hmm. we rent a property that it was our former shop building we rent it to a repo company yeah there's a lot of Hyundai Kia products in that Shocking. Lot. <clears throat> I'm not shocked. Also a lot of Q5s in there. Mm. Yep. Yeah, yep. that sounds about right. It's yeah. very interesting to get a snapshot of like what the most yeah. repo, a lot of Mopars. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. There's, um, it's very interesting to kind of look at the, the type of vehicle. Sorry, I'm still fighting through this. No, that's right. Um, so, I have you ever heard of the battery nail test? Mm, not by that name anyway. It is a test oh, where you actually, take yes, a battery yeah, 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 yeah. and you shove a nail through it. Yeah, you puncture oh. it with a nail, an electrically conductive nail. Okay. 
Oh, it's a YouTube video. I don't know if I can play that. You can. It's very short, actually. It's only a minute long. Well, keep talking about it. I'll get um, there. So BYD, Build Your mm-hmm. Dreams. Yes. Uh, they have a new battery style, which is, you probably know the difference between them. It is the NCM battery. Or it's the BYD blade battery. That's what it is. I would need to know the chemistry, but yeah, it's probably, if it's a blade battery, it's probably a prismatic. It's a graphite or whatever. Ooh, interesting. Oh, okay. So they're, it's the it's, new type of lithium iron phosphate that does yeah, use lithium cobalt. I, yeah, it's the phosphate, the non-cobalt one. So here's a normal lithium battery. Um, you can also play this at uh, more than full speed. And you'll see that this is not handling that well. No, that, um, that, that reached 600 degrees Celsius. Yep, and that exploded that, in a very large mm, way. That is the best firework I think I've ever seen. Yeah, that's what they do. That's the battery nail test. Also, what a great machine. Can we just talk about this machine? Yeah, machine just exists to shove a nail through batteries. That's great. That's it. That's Perfect. a dream hey, man, job. What do you do? Yeah, just puncture batteries all day. So now if we watch the BYD battery, um, yes. you can probably just fast forward to like here. All right. Uh, you see that the nail is through the battery. No, no, just keep going. It is through the battery. Oh, okay. Yep. Do you see that it is distinctly not on fire? I do. Nor it, it has not bulged or deformed either. Or done anything weird. That, so uh, It's almost like it's inert. Yeah. And so if you go to the end of this video, the last couple minutes. Yes. Let's see. Well, oh, this, they, they, didn't, they didn't have it in this one. They took that exact battery. Yeah. And they put it into a car. Okay. At, like at an auto show and drove the car off the ramp. On oh. purpose. And like just drove it back. Like out of the building to show oh, that, that, it, was that functional. it was still a perfectly functional battery with a hole in it. Well, that's kind of cool. Oh. Yeah. Like they, it was literally like they had the guy like I mean, at the press sense, thing. So. He like holds it up and I like, takes a flashlight and shines it through the hole. So you can see that there's most did, definitely a hole through this battery. Did they hire David Blaine to do this? No, present? they didn't. They should have. And then they, they, um, no. they had like a four post lift and they put the car up on a four post lift and he had some technicians swap the battery, the broken battery into the car. It's honestly more impressive that they were able while, to get technicians to yeah. swap a cell. Well, it was like, it, it, like a concept car or something, whatever. Like it, the car was obviously prepped to have a solitary battery in it. It was for just a demonstration purpose, but oh, I gotcha. okay. yeah. Uh, so but wait, they wait, were wait, describing wait. like how the new battery technology works while they did this in the background. It took them like 10 minutes to do it. And then at the end of the presentation, um, the presenter gets into the car, starts it, and drives it off the, the, off the stage and out of the building. That's very impressive because... Uh, That's insane. So the, the much more stable chemistry is probably why well, it doesn't catch on fire, but the fact that it still operated mm-hmm. after it had failed is way more impressive. Because that that looked like a pouch cell, but those usually to get a nominal voltage of like three point seven, there's five layers yeah. of like chemicals that really don't like each other. That's how batteries store energy, and then there's a non-conductive membrane. But usually, when you puncture a battery, some of that anode material pushes through the membrane yeah. into the cathode material, and that causes a big fire, like we saw with that first battery. And not with this one. Genuinely curious how they did that because so it must just like go inert the instant from it touches what i understand i watch a thing on deutsche Welle and deutsche Welle is really weird about copyright so yes they we are don't wa- we don't you, play their videos anymore deutsche Welle for um, copyright but us. The, apparently oh. the batteries are you know like how like 18650s are individual cells within a larger group yeah it's kind of like that where those have like a bunch of like individual cells okay so if one cell fails you still have the rest of the battery it's more or less fine it's, nice. it's just you have lower range now right um 
And so that's, that's kind of how, from what I understand, how it works. But I think that's absolutely fantastic because BYD just basically checkmated every single person that said, yeah, electric cars are great, but they're not safe. What about everyone that posts oh. every article about EVs catching on fire yeah. to EV groups? You mean my, my parents' neighbors in Florida who uh, lectured me on EV cars? And yeah. My parents, and so, yeah. my parents even did that. Yeah, and they're and pretty so, well-educated people. The, the, there you go. There, there's a car where it's not a problem anymore. They're in Vietnam right now, by the way. Oh, fuck. Fun. We're in Vietnam. <gasps> oh, we'll talk about where they okay, are yeah. <laughs> for my last topic. But let's talk about yours Southeast, first. Southeast, I guess. All right. So there is a whole bunch of federal funding going through with EV infrastructure, but also tax credits are changing. And up until just about a week ago, and this note is not as new as it was when I put it in there, but it had been pretty much as clear as mud. So now there's actually a list of what is and is not eligible for the full tax credit. Nice. And since this was announced, Chevrolet has announced that they are killing the Bolt and the Bolt EUV. Yeah, I've heard that. So, okay, but the Bolt is like the only good EV they make, because yeah. everything else is like a, a CUV. They make like 80 different flavors of crossover, and apparently every one of them is now electrified. But the Bolt, their their whole point is they're switching battery chemistries, probably not to something as good as BYD's new battery. No, but they absolutely can't keep assume. making the Bolt because oh, the new battery tech doesn't fit in it, oh. which seems like baloney. That but does seem like baloney. The it's full, the whole you need a bigger car to be safe. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, just don't crash into an HRV. Mm -hmm. um, but the list of vehicles that are eligible for the full seven thousand five hundred dollars, so the original amount tax credit. Is the Lyric, the Blazer, the Bolt, the Bolt EUV, the Equinox, the Silverado, the F-150 Lightning, get this, the Model 3 Performance, which is surprising because I thought it had to be an SUV, Tesla Model Y, and the US-built ID4, which is probably already caught on fire, so don't have to worry about that. You can also get, and get this, a Pacifica plug-in hybrid minivan. Good. You can get the full $7,500 tax credit on a plug-in. That's cool. Hybrid. Weird. Which is, All right. I didn't. Sure. Okay. And I mean, oh, that's the one I'm getting. But I, I really like the Pacifica plug-in. Pacifica is just a great vehicle. So um, speaking of your parents being in Vietnam. Yes. Uh, that's a good segue. Are they in Notring? Uh, let me look. Because we have that whole stalker find my friends thing in my entire Hell family. Yeah. So while I load this While up, you're doing that, I want to talk about VinFast's parent company, Vin Group. <laughs> And how incredibly dystopian VinFast and everything about this company is, I can't love them enough. Like, this is my new favorite, like, corporate, like, nightmare conglomerate. Like, this is, like, Umbrella Corp. Or, like, um, like, like uh, uh, any of the corporations from Cyberpunk. They're not on land right now. Uh, they're pretty close to not trying, though. They're on a boat. They're doing land excursions. They're gosh. on a boat. Yes, but Natrang is basically the nearest city to where they are. Okay. Yeah, southeast. Yeah. Yep. Vietnam. So yeah, they, they they are in Natrang. Are they at Vinland? Not at the moment. Are they going to the Vin Pearl Resort? Uh, I could maybe tell them to go to some place like so that. If you understand Oops. that Vinland and Vin Pearl Resort sound a hell of a lot like the first three letters of VinFast, it's because they're all part of Vin Group. Uh, and Vin Group has a subsidiary called Vin Wonders, which is incredible. And it I runs... see what you mean about dystopian and like, yes. fantastical now. Um, 
Because they own resorts, and these resorts uh, are like all over Vietnam. They're the largest conglomerate in Vietnam, if I did not say that previously. But now, if you asked an so AI weird. image generator to make photos of an Asian mega conglomerate owned theme park at a, their own resort, oh my what do you think it would look like? Would it look like this? It looks like Roller Coaster Tycoon. It looks better. This graphics. Is it. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. <laughs> but this is real life. And they actually have. Oh, if you keep scrolling through before you get to that one, to access Vin Land, which is owned by subsidiary Vin Wonders, okay. uh, you have to take a cable car to get there. And these cable cars, if you scroll down on Google, are uh, get out of the photo and then scroll down on Google, you will see that there are cable cars that are shaped on pylons, shaped like light up. Nope, keep going down. Not this photo. You're going to see it right there. The ones that look like little Eiffel Towers, because those are Eiffel Tower-shaped cable car pylons across the ocean to get to the island in which Vin Pearl, Vinland, is on. And it's got the Hollywood sign yes. lettering on the side of the mountain called Vin Pearl. I can't love this enough. I need to go here. <laughs> this is incredible. I'm totally down to go to Vietnam. Th- this is, like, literally... You couldn't write this in cyberpunk and have people take it seriously. It is so dystopian. This is where we're all going to be in five years' time trying to, like... Because, you know, AI looks for pattern yeah. recognition. We're trying to just not have any patterns in our life anymore. I'm like, yeah. you're, the computer's not going to do... It's not going to believe this. Yeah, no, absolutely not. So when you're... <laughs> so apparently when you're on a press trip to yeah. view VinFast... Oh, my God. And they take you to VinPearl, you have a minder a la North Korea from the company. Oh, you have, a com- you have a corporate minder that follows you, and if you get off the beaten trail, the corporate minder will come find you and put you back in a car by force. Yikes! It's great! <laughs> but anyway, the rest of Vietnam's awesome. I want to go there so fucking bad. It is my number one travel destination. <laughs> but this is, like, absolutely incredible. I want to go to Vinland, like, <clears throat> so badly. I'm down to go to Vinland as long as I can go look at the turbo diesel van tuned riverboats afterward. Mm-hmm. Yes, and those are actually a little bit further down because those are from like the Mekong That's Delta. Fine. We can travel. Which is closer to like Ho Chi Minh. And also, it's like, yeah, we can just go buy. Rent a Vespa. Buy. Buy. A totally restored Honda Super Cub. Yeah, but how do I ship that home? In a crate. Who does? Oh, we'll talk about this later. Any crate. <laughs> DHL. <laughs> <laughs> like. Right. It's, it's a Vespa. It's smaller than this table. This table came from China, still ha- which is very, very likely, yes. which is very close to Vietnam. Um, but so another cool thing about uh, connections there about for shipping. the Vin Group. So I did not know this. I watched this. Uh, there's this really cool uh, YouTube channel called Asianometry, which is all about like economic stuff. Fuck's sake! I know it's all about technology and economic stuff from Asia. It's absolutely fascinating. That's so punny. Well, it's yeah, and it's it is really punny, but it's like it's just a really cool like uh, YouTube like documentary channel. It's like, hey, this is where Samsung came from, yeah, and stuff like that. And they had one on on Vin Group. The amount of people that think Samsung is Japanese, it's is incredible. Hilarious. No, it's not because it's Korean. Also, you can tell because it ends in a G with no vowel after it. The only letter you're ever getting in Japanese that doesn't have a vowel after it is N. And the N-word is forbidden. Well, I mean, uh, anyway. So, um, yeah, so the Venn Group actually started, like, in the 90s. They've only been around since 1991. But is it like Fuji Heavy, where they started doing something completely unrelated to cars? Or have they always done cars? They've never done cars until recently. Yeah. 
so uh, they like, started out gotcha. as a so they started out Did when they make the backhoes? No, they actually made Television? instant noodles for the Ukrainian market. Ah. And they it it started because the founder uh Lethe Funfi, I think this is his name. I want to know that eureka moment in the company kitchen while so he's eating this his is own the product. Thing. He was actually he would make himself instant or instant noodles, like homemade instant noodles. Okay. Um just to eat while he's in college because like he was yeah they're delicious and you can just put them in your backpack right so he would make them and he'd give them out uncooked. to yeah and he would give them to his friends uncooked yeah no seriously like uncooked with yep. like some chili seasoning on them and give them to his friends his friends loved him and they're like can we buy some and he's like sure and it's kind of like how you know like it may performance started from Chris Carey like selling like bluff owls out of his out of his yeah. closet yep. that's how Vinfast and Vin Group started as he was selling instant noodles out of his out of his dorm. And it got so big that he was like, he was going to school for um, economics for his for one of his economics classes. He uh, sent over some machinery to industrially make them and put it in a warehouse, and hired some friends in Ukraine to run the machinery. Like when they also were in between class, okay, yeah. Well, it, yeah, he made it in the Ukra- for the Ukrainian market, sure, and so. They started out making instant noodles for the Ukrainian market because nobody was importing them. Sure. And everybody loved him. And everybody in Ukraine like, became the biggest instant noodle company in Eastern Europe. <laughs> uh, after that, they... I know, it's incredible. That's not where I expected this no. car company. To no, absolutely not. Instant noodles for the Eastern European market in the post-Soviet uh, economy because everybody was poor and everybody loved it. And you could just like eat them dry. And they were, they were great. I've been eating instant noodles lately. It's great. Yeah, they're awesome. And so... Um, so yeah, he made his instant noodles in Ukraine. Still does actually. They still have their subsidiary in Ukraine. That's in Lviv, I think. Um, and they still make them, and they are like actually huge. And they now have plants. Like they started to imp- like reverse importing them back to Vietnam because they're so popular. <laughs> I've never um, heard of captive captive market noodles before. This is but great. yeah. And so he started uh, growing the company because he's like, <laughs> okay, well, I need to ship these. So he started just. You know, buying trucks to ship things around between his factories. Yeah. And then he had all this money he needed to invest. He invested them into apartment buildings and stuff. And so one day after, his, like, his company's like nascent. It's a million dollar enterprise at this point. And, you know, it's, his company is about the size of like MA Performance today, like making these instant noodles for the Ukrainian market. Pretty popular. Um, and he had some money he could invest. And he went to, uh, not trained to visit family, he realized there isn't a single five-star hotel in this city. And we are, look at where we are. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world. And so he made the first five-star hotel resort in not trained. So and that eventually completely pivoting. Yeah. And so, and he did that because he was just there. He's like, yeah, I think I should do this. And I've got the money to do it because I make these instant noodles for college. And so uh, it, it's incredible. But, like, this is why I'm, like, this is, like, such, like, a ridiculous company. And it's, like, it's, like, cor- it's this, like, mega corporation, like, conglomerate that's, like, totally dystopian. But it's, like, all started from some dude that was selling instant noodles out of his college dorm. I'm happy to know that the first pivot wasn't instant noodles to cars. Like, no, it's done it was, this a bunch no, of No, he's, like, instant noodles, shipping, um, hotels. hotels, resorts. Um, then he owned supermarkets for a little bit. Um, he, then he spun off, he sold the supermarket, uh, business to, to make a school. Yeah, that's what he did. Um, he sold off the supermarket business to pay for a nonprofit school, um, system. Hmm. 
in Notchrang. Okay. And so you can go to like Vin Group owned private schools, like charter schools. Do they have vending machines with the noodles there? I imagine, yes. Very good. I, there's probably a cafeteria with just their instant noodles. Perfect. But the reason he did that is he wanted to be able to have a school system that would prepare you for college in other countries okay. outside of Vietnam. Super cool. Yeah. Like it's actually a really rad company. Like, and it's like totally ridiculous because like they're absolutely dystopian in that like you can't disagree with them. But at the same yeah. time, like they also have like good roots. Like I know it's like it's I don't so know wholesome, th- but also the way they got there is just weird. Yeah, it's like I don't know what to think about this company. Okay. Like, and that's why I'm just so fascinated <laughs> with them. Is they're just like, what is going on here? Like, so you're gonna go on all the factory tours. Got it. Yes, I want to have an entire Vin Group themed vacation to Vietnam, in addition to an actual vacation to Vietnam. But I want to Welcome do Welcome to Vietnam. Vietnam, yes, that's what it's going to be. So there you go. Now you know that Vinfast and why I'm so interested in this ridiculous company. So we will <laughs> That see. is actually pretty helpful because when we first brought up the Vinfast CUV electric thing, Yeah, you were like, what I is going on? It. Like yeah. I love Vietnam, but like What? Uh, yeah, no, this is a ridiculous company. It is I an see. absolutely bonkers company. And that's the thing is like whenever there's a company that comes out of nowhere and they can make a car. Yeah. Well, and it's I'm, a knockdown of a Chinese thing that's already made. Yeah, but, but like, if there's ever a company that I've not heard of that can just go ahead and make a car, that's not something you just do lightly. You don't you just do like realize Tesla did that, right? No, they did that because Elon Musk had an ass load of money that he invested. Right, but they just, they just made a car company and started yes, making cars out of nowhere. But they had a bunch of money that came together. So where did that money come from? Probably Vinfast. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, noodles, instant Ryan. noodles, yeah, instant noodles <laughs> for the SoCal I'm go economy. Read the back of all the packages of U.S. made instant it's noodles. I bet it's going to be SpaceX it's, or it's Tesla. All, it's only Tesla Corp. <sighs> but like that's the thing is like that money needed to come from somewhere. I knew that Vinfast was owned by a company called Vin Group, which I thought was hilarious. And I'm like, what is going on here? And it's just like one dude's like. And then pet you pull projects. up this flowchart, and it's just like 80 different Vin things all spidered yes, together. It's incredible. I'm very excited about this company. Yeah, vehicle identification number. Group. Fast. <laughs> yeah, vehicle identification. I number need group. that Vin fast. Ha 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 ha. You're welcome for the marketing thing. Well, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys.